Welcome to a Veterans Podcast, powered by Wisconsin Veterans Network, the show where we hear unique, inspiring stories from veterans all over. Veterans who've transitioned, who've overcome obstacles, and even those still struggling. We will learn all veterans have a unique story, ones filled with pain and triumphs, and we will learn no veteran is alone, no matter the path they took. We share their stories to help motivate and inspire the world, to help understand what it means to be a veteran, and most of all, we share to give them a voice amongst the noise. You can find us at aveteranspodcast.com to learn more and how you can be a part of the show. Welcome back to A Veterans Podcast, everybody. It's nice to have you here. It's nice to have you listening. With everything going on in the world, um, it's been really great to see veterans come together to talk about their experiences being deployed, talk about their experiences in the military, and what we focus on, talking about their transition getting out of the military, and what that looks like, kind of wrapping your head around everything you experienced while you were in, as well as being able to um, kind of focus on your future, right? So... Today, we have a really great episode. We have Petty Officer Second Class Katrina Stroll. She served in the United States Navy from 2011 to 2019. And she has a really inspirational story. I think it's really timely um, because our mental health matters, right? We lost 13 amazing service members recently. And we are incredibly grateful for their sacrifice and we are incredibly just taken aback by that. And, and I hope I'm not, you know, putting words in people's mouths, but I feel like we all feel the same way. Um, we lost our brothers and sisters out there and, um, it's been rough for everybody. And Katrina really opens up about her experience with mental health. And I think that that's something a lot of us as veterans are facing right now kind of reopening old wounds and thinking about things that maybe we've kind of pushed in the back because I feel like a lot of veterans are really good at that. So um, I'm really grateful. I think this episode is perfect timing. Um, I think Katrina's got a lot of wisdom. I will warn you, <laughs> this is probably not an episode that you want to listen to with the kids around. So um, it there are, you know, we dropped a few F-bombs. So I'm just giving you all a heads up because I love you all like that. So um, and just remember, today's show is sponsored by Wisconsin Veterans Network, an established Wisconsin nonprofit ran by Veterans for Veterans. Their mission is to provide guidance and support for all veterans, whether guard, reserve, active, or even a bad discharge, looking for any kind of assistance in the state of Wisconsin. If you're a Wisconsin veteran looking for an answer, whether a simple question about benefits or are currently homeless, give them a call today. You can find more information about them at wisvetsnet.org or on our webpage, aveteranspodcast.com. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram and Facebook at a veterans podcast. So check us out, like our stuff and enjoy the episode. Recording in progress. Well, hello there, Katrina. It is so nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. And I'm super amped to be on the show just because of the title itself, Veterans Podcast. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, it's cool. So for our our listeners who, um, you know, I always like to give a little backstory of how I found the person I'm interviewing or whatever. So you had posted on LinkedIn that you had a less than desirable experience um, with a different podcast. And that caught my attention because I really pride myself in like how we ask our questions here. We want it to be an open platform. If you hated the military and thought it was the worst thing ever, I want to hear it. If you loved it and it was like your best life choice, I want to hear it. So to hear that you had a negative experience, I was hoping that with our podcast, a veterans podcast, that we could kind of maybe change your opinion on podcasts because they're not all bad. (laughs) And I believe so being a host myself. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, um, so Katrina served eight years in the Navy, go Navy. Woo. Um, (laughs) so, and you were an AM what's an AM just so that our listeners know. So an AM is an aviation structural mechanic. I worked on F-18 super Hornets most of my career. It was awful. (laughs) Well, it sounds real fancy. So (laughs) I was a damage controlman. So, I mean, my job wasn't fancy either, but um, it paid the bills, right? Something like that. (laughs) So, so why did you join the Navy and, or why did you join the military rather? And then why did you choose the Navy? So my father was in the Navy And uh, I actually went into college with the statement from his lips saying, do not join the military. Um, As soon as I ran out of money in college, what was the first thing I did? I called every (laughs) single recruiter on the planet. And the only people that answered were the Navy. So that's how they got me. All right. Well, that works. (laughs) Um, And how old were you when you joined? I was 19. Okay. Okay. So um, about a year of college-ish. Okay. Um, and what were you going to college for? So I was going to college to become a civil engineer and hoping that I was going to join the civil engineer corps of like the army or something like that. I always had the military in the back of my brain, mm-hmm. but, um, when that didn't work out, apparently in college is really expensive. Nobody <laughs> tells you that when <laughs> they say you should go. Right. Um, then I said, well, I know that the military, they're awesome anyway, they'll pay for it. So I linked into that. Okay. Did you do any schooling then while you were active duty or? Absolutely. And I'm actually still using my GI Bill. I'm continuously, I'm a habitual student. Some people say that. So I love school just because I feel like I'm learning something. I hated school. I I did college after I got out and it was not my favorite experience ever. So (laughs) good for you to want to continue your educational career. That's not my jam, but all the more power. Um, so where were you on September 11th, 2001, and how did that impact your career in the military? So I grew up in Hawaii, and I was actually in elementary school when September 11th happened. Um, when you grow up in Hawaii, the information that's kind of funneled to you is completely different from what everybody else is hearing. But I believe on September 11th, everyone heard the same thing. Holy crap, everything is happening. Get under tables. Um, We don't know what's going to occur. It's kind of like a tsunami warning for us. We all Mm -hmm. got underneath tables. Everyone's calling everyone's mom. Like, you need to come get your kids from school. 
So for me, um, that day sticks out in my brain. I know exactly where I was, Mm -hmm. but it didn't really, um, it doesn't stick out in my brain as far as this is why I joined the military. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's cool. I mean, everybody's experience is so different, you know, with September 11th. I mean, thinking about it now, there's kids in boot camp who weren't even alive, which is wild to me. Like that seems, it seems like it wasn't that long ago, but when I do the math, then I'm really sad about how old I'm getting. So I just, (laughs) (laughs) let's not do any math. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but so you lived in Hawaii. How cool is that? Um, it's not really cool. So really, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. I, um, so I grew up in Hawaii. My mom is Samoan and her family grew up there, but we grew up most of our childhood in foster homes um, because of the abusive relationship with my parents. So it wasn't very cool. We were homeless quite often and public schools was kind of the only place where we found food, um, which was another reason why I leaned so heavily into, I need to either go to college or join the military to Mm -hmm. get out of the shit. Wow. That's Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you, you made lemonade out of lemons for lack of a better analogy, but, um, wow, that's great. Um, so why did you get out of the military then? And was it your choice? So it wasn't my choice to get out of the military. I had been a junior sailor of the year. I had just moved into a new um, squadron in Washington. And I was so gung-ho. Um, in my second year at that squadron, I was put up for a medical evaluation board. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that I was going to have difficulty saying this. I was put up for a medical evaluation board for PTSD, major depressive disorder and alcoholism. Okay. Um, they immediately found me unfit and I was medically retired. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it (laughs) experiences that you've had in life and in the service, it leads everybody down a different path. You know, I've had, um, veterans on here who were medically, um, medically discharged. I was going to say retired, but not necessarily retired. They were medically discharged because of PTSD and, um, their actions or inactions, and that's what got them kicked out. So um, don't be ashamed, right? It's part of your journey. So it's okay. I mean, I get it. My my end of my career was not my choice, and I was medically retired. So um, that comes with its own weight. You know, it's <laughs> you wanted to keep doing it, and they said, absolutely not. And now you're trying to figure out, what do I do with my adult self? Mm-hmm. You know? So I get it. Um in that process of doing your medical board, did you do anything to prepare for your transition out of the Navy or were you hoping like they wouldn't find you unfit or um, were you prepared at all to get out? So you've probably touched on this on your show before, but during the medical board process, there's a time span where they say, hey, you've been found unfit. And then by the end of the, pro- I think you have like three to six months. Yeah. And then they say like, okay, get, get the fuck out. Yeah. So during that three <laughs> to six months, I was just running around like a chicken without a head. Every single event, I was like running to the TAPS office. Like what the, I have no idea what I'm doing. I planned on doing this forever. So um, for about three to six months, I was just running around trying to get every resource on the planet. Okay. 
Um, and did you find tap class beneficial? Because many people we've talked to said absolutely not. And maybe two have really appreciated tap class. So I'm just curious from your perspective, and you um, were medically retired out of Washington. Mm -hmm. um, and was your tap class great, not great? What was your experience with that? Um, my tap class would, was okay. Mm -hmm. I think that there was a lot of resources listed and although it, they weren't explained very well, I wrote them down and then found them on my own and kind of expounded upon it on my own. So I think it was okay. in the fact that I got all the pamphlets I needed and mm -hmm. kind of just shifted out everything I didn't. Okay. That's good. I'm good for you. Cause I, I probably could have napped during tap class and gotten more information. <laughs> so I'm glad somebody's benefiting from it. Cause I'm definitely not. <laughs> um, okay. So what would you say then was some of your biggest mistakes while you were transitioning out of the military or lessons learned? Um, one of my biggest mistakes was still trying to be at a hundred percent. As soon as I saw that paperwork that said I was unfit, I started trying to prove myself to my command kind of in a way. It's just like, Oh no, I'm good. Like just cause that's them. They're saying that that's crazy. I'm fine. I was not okay. At no point during that process was I okay. I was trying to figure out myself. I was trying to figure out my future while also trying to be the rock star badass of a sailor that they thought that I was, which none of those three things were true. Mm -hmm. um, so to everyone out there that's either transitioning or may have transitioned, don't fucking do that. Don't <laughs> just be, be one person and know your needs. Mm -hmm. um, like I needed to transition out of the military. Fuck watch. <laughs> fuck all the collateral duties that I had. Fuck um, the office space. I needed to transition. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. that's great. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because I think um, I did the same thing where I I had to prove that I wasn't sick, mm -hmm. and I had to prove that I wasn't um, a failure or mm -hmm. what they deemed to be a failure. Right? Because when you're medically discharged or medically retired, for that matter. I think a part of every service member feels like they're a little bit of a failure. So I don't know if you can, if you felt that too, or if I'm just crazy when I say no, that. No, <laughs> absolutely. And like I said, it, it's even with the wording unfit, you mm -hmm. are unfit for duty. That's the words that it says on the paperwork. Mm -hmm. um, after being in the Navy for eight years and being a rock star, which I'm sure you were too, it's really hard to kind of, digest that, that you are so, oh my God, you are so unwell that you can't continue serving your country. Mm -hmm. um, and they mean that shit. Like and get, it's, get the hell out. <laughs> and it's unfair. Like it, it feels unfair. You looking back, at least myself, I felt like now looking back, I get it. I was going to be um, a problem if I stayed in, I was going to be a detriment to my unit but at the time, it was like, you don't know me. Like, you did this to me. You know what I mean? Like, if you wouldn't have messed this up, I'd be fine, right? And so I think um, it feels very unfair in that moment. And so um, I... 
I'll add during my transition, a lot of other things were happening as well. While I was trying to prove my worth to my command, um, um, they were also trying to do the same thing to me. Like, okay, now you just continue to stand watch and things like that. So I, I think that was really revealing as well. Did you have the same thing happen? Yeah, I think it felt like, yeah, we know that you're not fit anymore, but we're going to get our money out of you until you leave. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> so sorry for you. I mean, yeah. like real briefly, the, I mean, the podcast isn't about me, but just to put it into perspective, I had on a external defibrillator vest, right? Because I have a heart condition. And it's a vest you cannot take off. It is like if you pass out and need to be shocked, this thing will shock you, right? Well, they wanted me to weigh in for my physical fitness assessment that I was medically waived from. And I said, well, this battery pack and vest adds whatever. And I was already overweight at that point. I knew I was going to be overweight. And they were like, well, just take it off for a minute so we can weigh you. Who says that? Yeah. <laughs> Who says that? You know what I'm oh, saying? Like, what? so I get it, right? Like they, they don't really care. You're a number to them. Mm-hmm. You're not the person that you thought you were to the military. You're a number. Does that make sense? No. And that makes me so sad. Um, Cause I, I think about, I am three uh, Franklin. That's my maiden name. I think about her a lot because she just stayed at work for like, 15 hours a day. She had like no friends and she just like got on her walls and oh, you stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate that because I, I was the same way. Like you work and work and work. And, but when you played, you played hard and then you work and work and work. And looking back now, I would, I, I don't know how I did it. Like I, I think about that and I'm sure you do too. Like I used to work, sometimes I think about like when I have like an eight hour day and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired, eight hours. And I'm like, Psh. I used to work like 48 hours straight. Get it together, girl. What are you doing? <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. Um, and I think that from those experiences is so much inspiration for my own podcast. Absolutely not. And setting personal boundaries at work, because mm-hmm. when I think about AM3 Franklin and just her inability ability to kind of pull herself out of the organization um it makes me cry it makes me so fucking sad for her (laughs) and I don't want anyone else to feel like that yeah yeah and I think there is when you're young like that improving yourself in the military there is that um kind of really thin line of Mm -hmm. what is enough to prove myself and accelerate in this career but what is too much where I'm now sacrificing who I am as a person. So, and then trying to balance that when you become a civilian. Right. Like (laughs) I voluntold myself for all the things when I got out of the military. And now, you know, seven years later, I'm like, and I have just stretched myself way too thin, you know? So I get it. I, I definitely get it. And I think boundaries are super, super important. Um, I'm working on those. That's what therapy's for. Um, so <laughs> um, okay. So what is one thing that you miss the most about being in the Navy? I think the one thing I miss the most about being in the Navy is people seeing me and then immediately knowing what I do 
and that I am to be respected. Um, anytime, like they saw my rank or they saw who I was, they're like, okay, great. That person is this rank. So they know that, like, I know they know this much and they'll be able to at least get this maintenance done. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the civilian sector, it's just like, okay, pr- like prove it. Every mm-hmm. single time you have a conversation, you have to prove it. And I'm, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is. It is. And, you know, I'm not um, the type to be like a, a, you know, burn your bra feminist. I'm definitely not that type of person. Like if you're a dude and want to lift a heavy thing for me now, I'm going to let you like, (laughs) I'm not like that anymore. Um, but I think as a female veteran, there's a whole nother level of having Mm -hmm. to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you tell somebody, I remember I told somebody that I was in the military, it was an older gentleman and he said, oh, I didn't know they let women serve. <laughs> and I was like, "Where? what rock have you been under? Because that's real life. Like, <laughs> look, we won't get into the logistics of that conversation. But um, or when you park in like veteran park, I take full advantage of veteran parking at Lowe's. Full advantage. 100%. That's front row parking. Like, I'm going to park there. And the dirty looks I get because they don't think that I served. Mm. or they ask me what my husband did in the military. Mm. That man has not served a day in his life. <laughs> like, let's be real. And he likes that I'm a veteran because he gets the good parking, you know, like, <laughs> so. Um, and that, that even started for me. Um, so like I said, I ran around for like three to six months with like a chicken without a head. And I mm-hmm. went to a networking event and I was dressed like a civilian because it's a networking event. Um, and they asked, and they literally were like, okay, spouses need to go this way and veterans and people who are transitioning out need to go this way. And they kind of pushed me towards the spouses route. And that was my first glimpse. Like when you're in the military, that never happens. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, everybody's in uniform, bring your ass this way, eat what everybody eats. And yeah. Um, but yeah, very, so culture shock. Like that was what, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Well, and you're. <laughs> your most of your adult life was spent in the service. Mm -hmm. So when you go from like this perceived like adult world that you live in to the real adult world, (laughs) there are so many things I'm learning on a daily basis. I mean, I didn't realize that civilians were very me focused and veterans Mm -hmm. are very team focused. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of therapy to figure that out. So, and I even with so in my with my therapist, we're talking a lot about triggers. And mm-hmm. one of my triggers is when somebody like asks, like, okay, why do we have to do this? Or, and I'm like, because I fucking stand yeah. so, like, what? Yeah. what the fuck? Yes. I just told you to do it. Um, <laughs> but it, that's also civil, like, on the civilian side, no one's ever said, like, okay, if someone higher than you tells you to do something, just do it because it's for the team, like, it's the best for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's the right mentality or not, but I get it. I mean, that's why veterans work well together. Okay. That's (laughs) look, if I tell you to do something, just do it. We'll talk about it later. It's fine. Um, so I think this question kind of goes with that, what you miss, but what was one of the hardest things to accept once you were out of the military? Um, one of the hardest things, I think it also goes into that, um, sexism piece that we were talking about is that people are going to see me 
for my skin, for my gender, and for what they see in front of them. They're no longer going to perceive me or they don't like, oh, thank you for your service. If I walk into a store looking like I do today, they perceive me as an individual and who I am in front of them. Mm -hmm. That was really, and it's still very hard for me to grab hold of. I still try to go to networking events and veteran type things. And even there, just like you said, gentlemen will be like, okay, were you in the wrong place? Like, yeah. this is not for you. <laughs> um, and so every day it's just a struggle to kind of affirm in myself, like, Hey, you are better and enough. You are female enough. You are black enough. You are everything enough to be where you want to be. That's awesome. Okay. Good podcast. Moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's important. I think that's a really valid statement. Um, you know, and, and I think even as veterans, I'm, I'm sometimes guilty of assuming that the female is the spouse and Mm -hmm. I served. And I think sometimes we all need to check ourselves and be like, okay, just because, you know, he looks buff doesn't mean he did it, you know, like, (laughs) so I get that. That's cool. And, Or, or even in the longevity space, sometimes I'll meet veterans who only served for a single tour or less than I did. And I'll immediately be like, okay, the fuck? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I laugh because that's not the way that's not the way it should be. Service is service. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what we're trying to bring to light in this podcast is it doesn't matter if you served four years and got out because you just wanted to use the, the military for school right? It doesn't matter. You could have served 20 years and been a Delta Force operator and been like, whoa, (laughs) everybody's this. We all serve. We all chose to serve. We all signed that paperwork knowing what we were getting ourselves into kind of, Um, but we all did it. Right. So, and, and I'm guilty of that too. Sometimes people will be like, oh, I, I served three years and I'm like, what? You didn't serve. <laughs> Get out of here. But then I have to remind myself, like, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know their battle. You don't know what they're, what demons they're fighting on the inside. Like, we don't know until we start asking the questions. And that's why I love doing this, because then I get to ask people the questions, and I want to know the hard stuff, you know, and I want to share the hard stuff with other people, because there's somebody listening today who's going to resonate with your story and be like, oh, she gets it. And now I don't feel alone, you know? And, and so I think that's the most important thing. Um, so enough of the negative stuff. What is the most successful moment you have had since getting out of the Navy? Um, I would say that would have to be starting my own business and my own podcast. Um, and that was simply because I did not fit in anywhere else. Um, so for, to all the veterans that are listening right now and kind of don't feel like they can find that community in the veteran community or in the black community or whatever, flip that shit over and build your own table. Just do whatever you want to do. Um, it's really hard to find that community if, especially if you come from a very unique background, like I was in foster care, I went straight into the military after failing out or not having enough money to go to college. So if you are unique like me and kind of a unicorn in spaces and you don't feel like you belong, 
build your own table. So I think that's the most success I've had is just growing into the person I am today and deciding to build my own tables. That's awesome. Good for you. That's really great. Um, and so if you could look back on where you've been now since your transition and like how far you've come, what is some advice that you would give to a, another veteran who recently transitioned out, is thinking about getting out, um, or is in the process of transitioning out? What are um, some things that you would tell them that you wish you could have told your younger self? Um, so in 2018, I decided to take my own life. And it was because of my transitioning out of the military. Um, I thought I couldn't do it. I thought I had no place on this planet. And if I wasn't valuable enough for the military, then what the fuck am I doing here? Um, for anybody listening, my tip for you is that's fucking wrong. Like, it's, it's just not true. You are valuable without the uniform. You are valuable without the rank. And you are valuable without the ribbons. Um, there is a place out here on the other side of the fence for you. And I am here waiting for you with open arms. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, you are valuable and I'm glad you're still here to share your story. And I think we don't talk enough as veterans. I mean, we talk about 22 a day, right? And people are doing push-ups all the time and, and all those things. And those things are great because it does bring awareness, but when's the last time you called a veteran friend of yours just to say, Hey, right. And just to check in, just to put eyes on them or whatever. Um, I'm notorious for FaceTiming at the worst time of the day. Like, let me call you during dinner on FaceTime. Like, Hey girl, what's going on? You know, like, <laughs> like, but when's the last time you checked in on your friends, especially those transitioning out? Like we've been there and we know how tough it is. And we both struggled in ways that probably some of our friends have struggled, right? And so thank you for sharing how hard your struggle was because there's somebody out there listening going, damn, how did she know? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, because we've been there, right? And so um, I'm really glad that you're here. And I'm really glad that you shared that because that's really important. So thank you. Thanks. So let's talk about your podcast for a minute and talk about the things you've got going on and kind of plug yourself and, and let people know where they can find you and what social media you're on and what you're doing now as a civilian, as Katrina, killing it, right? Let's, let's talk about all those things so that people can find you because when they hear this, they're going to be like, she's the business. Let me go find her. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm the business, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. Okay. Um, that's my, good. <laughs> my business or my jam is definitely, I'm a certified career coach and an HR consultant who dabbles in mental health. I am a certified mental health first aid instructor. So if your organization needs first aid um, training, I am your gal. Um, but I also host Absolutely Not, which is a live podcast series that takes place every Thursday. And we talk about setting personal boundaries at work. One of the reasons it was so hard for me to transition out of the military is because my first job, they'd be like, OK, go make sure you take your lunch, make sure you take breaks, um, sit down. 
<laughs> breathe. And I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? We need to do stuff. Like, why is all these folders over here? Put it up. And um, that's just not true. So setting boundaries in my professional life, professional life has helped me to kind of grow as a person and meld myself into the person I want to be. Um, so that's what I'm about. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm always on LinkedIn, but most of my stuff is on my website, which is www.katrinastroll.com. Awesome. That's great. Well, do you have any like words of wisdom, parting words, something cool you want to say that we can make into a clip? I mean, you've said a lot of really cool things. Like I'm listening. I'm like, Ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> But is there anything like, you know how when you get off of a podcast, you're like, man, I wish I would have said that because maybe I didn't ask the question or something. So is there anything that you want to share that or resources that you've found especially helpful um, so that people can look them up? Anything like that? Um, I would now that you brought up resources, I would tell everyone out there that may be listening to this. Don't stay in the veteran lane. Like there are so many other resources out there that are not catering to veterans that could help you, such as career coaches and um, your therapist, mental health, um, first aid. There are other resources out there that don't slap the veteran label on it. I had to learn recently that USAA sucks just because they <laughs> cater to veterans doesn't mean they're the best for veterans. They just have that label. Um, so kind of take that mindset into all the resources you're looking into just because they have the title of veteran in them doesn't mean they're the shit. They might be awful. Not, awesome. Okay. You know what? You raised that part. <laughs> they, they might be not as good as the other resources. No, out. look, we're going to keep it real, right? Because veterans don't sugarcoat anything. So we're keeping it real. Sorry. We're keeping that. Um, <laughs> so real quick, in case somebody's listening and they don't know what a career coach is. Can you just kind of summarize what that is? So if they're like, well, cool, a career coach, are they going to like give me a job? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can you just kind of lay it out for them so that they know? Awesome. So my type of career coaching is specific to transitioning because I was an aviation mechanic who transitioned into corporate HR. That transition was hard as fuck to do. <laughs> and I don't want people to have that difficulty making that transition on top of transitioning just generally out of the military. So I work with people to ensure that the lane and career that they're moving into aligns with their values and the boundaries that they need in their life. Um, it's mostly a lot of self resignating and believing in yourself and empowerment. Um, but I also help you create LinkedIn profiles, your resume review and prep for interviews. Awesome. And LinkedIn is a huge benefit for any veteran that is listening. Um, some of the best networking I've done has just been through LinkedIn seeing that somebody commented on a post and I'm not even following that person, honestly, because that's how I, I found you was a mutual person that follows both of us had commented on your post. And now I'm, I'm networking with you. Right. And, and there's other people like that on LinkedIn where sometimes I'm just scrolling through and I'll like things because then I know somebody else in my LinkedIn friend group or whatever you call it. Cause I don't know the fancy words. Um, they'll see it. You know, mm -hmm. and so it's just trying to get the word out for your friends or share information or whatever. Um, so LinkedIn, I, I used to not be a believer. I thought it was like business Facebook. 
And I was like, this is weird. But now I see the full value in it. And I think it's really a good tool for veterans and non-veterans for that matter. Right. And I think the word that people get scared of is networking. They're like, what the hell is that? Is like friends, but yeah. it's, I, it's a real different sensation and you'll just have to dive in to learn more about it. And I can help. You. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll post all your information and like how to contact you and stuff. So, or they can contact me and I can get them in contact with you. Um, if there is a veteran out there who has questions or concerns or just wants to, you know, maybe talk to you because you get their story just like they got yours kind of thing. Um, so that's awesome. But thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, this was awesome. This was um, great. I'm, <laughs> I don't usually get to talk to other veterans who, well, one are female mm -hmm. and two are not trying to uphold, you know, like the military status still outside. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, if you ask my husband, he would tell you, I try to hold <laughs> the military standards outside, but, um, but for the most part, I think we all hold on to it for a little bit. Right. And, and there will always be that little part of you that, has been brainwashed for lack of better words into believing in a way in a certain way that things need to be done. Mm -hmm. And not everybody understands that. But when you find people who do, then it's totally worth it. Oh, and this has so. been amazing and completely worth it. And I, I cannot thank you enough for having me on. Yeah. Well, we'll be in contact. If you ever want me on your, on your podcast, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much man that was that was just such a good episode I'm so grateful for Katrina um sharing her story and just being like open and honest with us about like the dark side of mental health I think um noticing that but also celebrating coming out from that and really focusing on ourselves as individuals and things like that. Um, I think it was just a really good episode and I'm really grateful she came on the show today. Um, today's show is sponsored by Wisconsin Veterans Network, an established nonprofit ran by veterans for veterans. Their main mission is to provide guidance and support for veterans looking for any kind of assistance in the state of Wisconsin. You can find more information about them at wisvetsnet.org. Till next time.